Welcome to the Get a Job, Here's How podcast, the practical how-to guide for women returning to the workforce, recent grads, and those looking to get the job of their dreams. Now, here's the founder of the Back to Business Women's Conference and your host, Katie Dunn. Welcome to the Get a Job, Here's How podcast. I'm Katie Dunn, founder and CEO of Back to Business and your host. I'm here to help you get a job, and I'm not just going to share advice on our topic in each episode. I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it, because here's how are two of my favorite words. It's get a job, here's how. Let's get started. Hi, listeners, and welcome to the Get a Job, Here's How podcast. I'm Katie Dunn and thrilled to be with you today and very excited to have a special guest with us today. I'm going to be talking to Michelle Muir. Michelle is the Regional Operations Director at the North Carolina Department of Commerce. And in North Carolina, as everywhere in our country right now, unemployment numbers are high and a lot of people are out of work. And so Michelle has this great job where she is part of the organization at our state that is working on great programs for people who have, who are in job transition, things like NC Works Career Centers, NC Works Online, and lots of other great resources. And things like these are available for residents of North Carolina. They're free. And Michelle is going to tell us all about these great resources and how people can access them and take advantage of them as they transition out of an old job and into a new. Some people doing that by choice and others not by choice. So this is a really hard time for a lot of Americans as they change jobs here and go through perhaps a period of unemployment in the meantime. So we want to always be hopeful and looking ahead and looking on the positive side. And hopefully this, this conversation this morning will make you aware of some resources and how you can use them to your benefit. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. We're, it is absolutely unprecedented times right now, and we've got great teams that are able and ready to help both job seekers and employers. Because they're, believe it or not, now there are a lot of employers who are really struggling to find the right people because they've had to pivot their business to PPE production or their health. Obviously, in the healthcare industry, there's a tremendous need for employees. So we're working with job seekers and employers throughout the state in a way that, frankly, is is unlike anything anybody's ever seen. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. So I was just looking at some numbers and it looks like in North Carolina, our unemployment rate in April was 12.2%, which is really high considering we'd had years of some really record low unemployment just prior to the pandemic. And overall, the U.S. unemployment rate in April was 14.7. So we're tracking just a little bit better than the national rate, but still we know 12.2% of North Carolinians being unemployed is, is way too high a number. And so I would love to hear about the programs that you are working on that are available in North Carolina and tell us how people, who they're for and, and what the mission is there and how people can get a hold of those. 
Absolutely. So in North Carolina, the North Carolina Department of Commerce operates a a federal program that's called the Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act. And without getting too far into the weeds, that's a federal program that every state has. So a lot of the services I'm talking about for North Carolina, because they're a federal program, they're going to be in every state. We call ours NC Works, but I think Arizona is Arizona Works, but but all states have these funds for really doing a number of things. One is to provide training opportunities. So there's scholarships that are targeted towards specific industries that have a hard time hiring. So like we talked about healthcare, IT, there are training dollars available for folks who need to upskill. Um, and that's typically at the community college level. So they're not four-year university scholarships. We think about things like CNAs. They don't require a four-year degree for someone to go be a CNA, but there's dollars available, training dollars available for that. And then another piece of that is job seeker assistance and employer assistance. And that's really a lot of what my team does. We partner very closely with the team that does the scholarships. Those are done on the local level, on the state level. Our employees are working to get people's resumes up to speed, teach interview skills, review people's strategy and do job coaching. And I think it's really important that I didn't say my favorite word about all of this, which is free. (laughs) All of these services are 100% free to North Carolina residents. Now, of course, like on scholarship things, they're going to be eligibility requirements like you would have for any scholarship just to make sure the funds get to the people that have the highest need. But for job coaching, job assistance, resume assistance, job search, all of that activity is open for anybody. And so there's really two ways that we conduct those activities. One is the NC Works Career Centers, which there are 80 of those. So not quite one in every county, but every county has one that services that particular county. So oh, it's I think it's 81 that are certified right now, but 80 career centers. And typically in non-COVID circumstances, those are walk-in centers and you can get assistance either that day or somebody can make an appointment if you're going to need a little longer appointment. But there's a lot of resources there in terms of materials on how to conduct job searches. If people don't have access to a computer, there's always a resource center in those offices. And then, of course, there's our highly skilled employees who are just, they're amazing. I can just, there's just story after story of a person who came in really hopeless and had no idea what they were going to do, where they were going to go. I don't want to be too dramatic and say pay for their next meal, but sometimes that is really the situation people are in and they come out really encouraged by these visits. We don't find jobs for them, but we give that, give a man a fish, give a person a fish. I'll say give a person a fish or teach them how to fish. And so we're really all about trying to teach people how to fish. Um, Great. And that's an important distinction too, right? Because expectations should be that the job seeker will get all this great coaching and assistance and, and still at the end of the day, they own their job search. So need to get, put the work in. Yep. 
So the second way that those services are delivered is typically through NCWorks online, which is at ncworks.gov online. And that's our portal that has job search assistance. So it's kind of has a lot, especially right now, it's got a lot of things that maybe typically we had on paper before for employers and job seekers that have been kind of flushed up into there so that people can get to them. And then you can do all sorts of research there on what jobs are hiring the most people. If you're like, if you're looking for a career change, obviously some careers you're going to have more opportunity in than others just based on what industries need. And so all of that data that the Department of Commerce keeps and the Bureau of Labor Statistics keep is accessible to do that kind of research in ncworks.gov. And then, of course, there's a job board that is all the listings. So if an employer comes to us and, for example, all defense contractors are required to register their jobs with the state system as part of their federal requirement to try to reach out to veterans because we have a lot of veterans who use the boards also, but that's one source for them. The board itself goes out and pulls information from other boards like Indeed and Monster and universities and it's spiders job openings in job listings that are out on the internet everywhere in North Carolina to to try to get a very comprehensive picture of all the jobs that are available in the state. And then, of course, we've got employers who come to us and like we're working very closely with Amazon right now, who has huge presence here. And when we have job announcements, when the governor says, okay, Eli Lilly's coming and there's 400 new jobs, we work closely with that company to get those jobs into the system so that people can have access to them. That's great. And so I didn't even realize that that job board was that extensive, to be honest. I I was looking at it recently and I I noticed it was quite extensive and that was very cool. And I didn't realize that it was out there kind of pulling all those listings from other job boards. So that's a fantastic resource. And that's at ncworks.com. Okay. And you do have to register and set up an account to, to get access to the jobs, right. To see them, but you don't have to go in and obviously don't have to have an appointment with anybody. And again, it's an absolutely free service to anybody. You just, you've got, just have to do the regular registration before you get started with it. So, and one of the, one of the nice things that we've got right now is those employers who have reached out to us and they've said, look, we've got special hiring needs because of COVID-19. We've got a super easy hit button that says, you know, if somebody really wants to be targeting their job search toward helping that those efforts, then there's a button there and you can just go to COVID-19 jobs that employers have identified and asked us to help them recruit for that are specific to the pandemic. So Uh, what um, types of jobs are those right now? Those would be, I, I haven't looked at it lately, but any manufacturer who might have gone to a PPE type situation. And again, the healthcare industry, I think for a while there were drivers there, you know, I mean, they're, 
there are also higher level healthcare jobs that are going to be in there. So a, a variety of things. Okay. Sorry. And the jobs <laughs> on the board. I'm not looking for a job, so I didn't check it yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, but the jobs on the board really run the gamut from highly skilled and specialized things yeah. Yeah. down to things that wouldn't re- necessarily require a college degree. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the nice things about the NC Works system. I mean, the system, there have always been, previously in a different decade, it was called JobLink through this state and federal programming. But they had been uh, really targeting kind of lower-end jobs, right? And really in the last 10 years, we've seen these platforms shift so that every level of job could be in there. So for example, up in Person County, we had a new employer come in and they needed a chief scientist, right? And they used NC Works to find their chief scientist. Obviously, often scientists, lawyers, doctors, they kind of have different platforms. They operate in different networks when it comes to job searching than any kind of public thing. But I think it just shows the breadth. We've got that all the way down to like a machine operator or an assembly plant worker. And all those jobs are important, especially right now for those that are working in manufacturing for personal protective equipment. Those are a couple of things. And I think I want to mention also one of our most our best partners is the Economic Development Partnership of North Carolina. And that organization does the recruiting and retention work for the businesses in North Carolina. They have also, for the pandemic, set up a jobs board that is really open. You don't have to do registration for theirs. And it's basically the same idea. We've got certain employers that have very immediate needs because of the pandemic. And so their website is edpnc.com. And then you have to hit the news tab and there'll be a link to the immediate employment opportunities, but they are a public private partnership with the department of commerce in, in attracting businesses to North Carolina. That work used to be done at the department of commerce and now they are our contracted partner to, to do that work. And so they're always very in touch with exactly what every business in North Carolina needs Typically, a lot of times they're dealing with things like infrastructure and roads and rail and things like that. But because the times are so critical, we're, they're also helping us partner with getting the word out about certain jobs. So, Great. Yeah. Awesome. So some really good resources here. And I wanted to touch on something you mentioned earlier, which is scholarships for retraining mm-hmm. courses and would love to know who those are for and how they, what types of things they can be used for. Um, so in each community, there is a designated local area partner that, that kind of sets what the priorities for the scholarships will be in that area. So uh, based on what the hiring needs are in that particular area, like we know all around the state, if you want to go into healthcare, often that, scholarship would be pretty easily approved or IT, for example, there are a a lot of them. 
as I mentioned before, are really kind of community college and vocational training level type scholarships. It really depends on that particular area what you're going to be able to use it for, right? And, and who is going to be able to use it, right, in terms of what the, there are certain federal eligibility requirements, but as, the, as each of these workforce boards are the local area entities that set the policy in that local area. Okay, awesome. I have a few more questions on that. So is there an amount of these, of a typical scholarship, or do they typically cover one community college course or one vocational training Well, it's highly variable. I'll kind of give you an example of one that is out in, so in the eastern part of the state, we've had a lot of advanced manufacturers come in, right? And so the need out there is something over 10,000 employees, I think, by the time all of those recruited companies come in. Is that right? So the community college has established a special set of coursework called Ramp East, and it's Regional Advanced Manufacturing Pipeline, right? The scholarship dollars in that case are going to cover all of that coursework for people who are eligible. So that's that's kind of one example. There's, I mean, they they really range based on how much that particular community college charges because you, the community college system are all 58 separate university or separate colleges. So they have their own rate schedules. Typically it's going to cover the whole, if they decide that you're eligible for the training, it's going to cover the whole training. Okay. I don't know if that helps. But. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's one of those things that sounds like a fantastic resource that people may not know. Absolutely is. And it's called WIOA Title I. So WIOA, short for Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act. And it's the the first title that does the scholarship. So there's one title that is for older workers, like over 65, who are trying to become reemployed. There's one title, like, like I said before, for the like job search, job coaching. That's the title that state employees fulfill. And then vocational rehab is one of the titles. If somebody wants to access those scholarships, see what's available, see if they qualify, how would they go about doing that? So for all of these services, because our offices are closed right now because of the pandemic, we have a call center that is set up. So folks can call and be directed to services statewide. That number is 855-NC-WORKS. N-C-W-O-R-K-S. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. And is that the same place that somebody would go to access the career coaching and those yep. resources? Yep. Yes. So, it, and what it's going to do is when they, when they call in, it'll ask for their zip code, and then it will transfer the call to someone w- near where they live, right? So that when the centers do open back up, you know, if they've, if they've established a relationship with a career counselor, then they can go and have in-person appointments. So I will say typically it will transfer to where they live. If there's not an agent who's online at that time, it would, it may go to somebody else slightly outside their region, but they'll make sure they get connected to their local office. So most of our local offices we believe are going to be back open after the 4th of July holiday. Oh, so and those will 
We typically buy appointment at that point, and then after about another month, we'll go back to walk-in. That is the plan right now, assuming nothing <laughs> changes. Right, right. So much uncertainty out there. Yeah. But that's good to know because, gosh, if there were ever services that people needed right now, this sounds like it. Yes, absolutely. And if and these are the same offices where we provide services on behalf of our sister division that handles, un, so we don't handle unemployment claims at all. Our sister division, the Division of Employment Security does, but we do work with folks that they have in their system so that if somebody has filed for unemployment and they need job coaching, then that's another source where some of our traffic comes from besides just the general public. Okay. Yeah. But I don't have to have filed for unemployment in order Absolutely to access not. the services. Well, yeah. And it's kind of like, it's one of those paradoxes. You don't have to have filed for unemployment to come see us. If you did file for unemployment, you are going to have to come see us. Or actually, it's it's going to all be virtual, right? So people will get letters that say, thank you, you filed for unemployment. We'd like to help you with your job search as part of your continued benefit. And here's the number to call. And they'll call the number and have their appointment. So Okay. Wow. So y- your office is seeing every... Buddy who has filed for unemployment? Well, that is suspended right now because the offices are closed. And the other reason to suspend it is because a lot of those people will go back to work. Like typically unemployment claims are only available for people who have permanently lost a job. Right now, a lot of the people who are on the system just have reduced hours or they've been furloughed, but they're expected to go back. And so we don't want to start those appointments too soon because we don't want to send, like if you're an employer and you're going to need your person back, then they can, they've already got a job, right? (laughs) They they actually already have a job. So what we really want to do is identify people who, don't have a job at all and get them back to work. Yeah. Okay. So people whose jobs have completely disappeared either as a result of COVID or not. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And we'll help anybody who's looking for a job. Like if you, if you got furloughed and you weren't really crazy about the job that you had before and you'd like to find something new, we will absolutely help you do that. But, but identifying the people who don't have a job to go back to is kind of, is tricky. Sure. Absolutely. Well, and some of those people may not even know who they are, right? They may think they have a job to go back to. That's exactly right. And so we try to keep information on what employers are planning to hire people back, what employers have said that they are doing a permanent layoff. And of course, you're probably familiar with warn notices Mm -hmm. and that once an employer is going to lay off more than 100 people, they're required to notify the state that they're that they're going to do that. So all that information comes to our division also. Okay. Okay, great. So your career counselors in each of these regional offices are probably now working like crazy from home to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. work with all of the newly unemployed in North Carolina. Yep. Wow. That must be crazy. How are they holding up? What do you hear from them? Uh, they they are holding up pretty well. Everybody's working from home. I think that was kind of the big pivot was just the, you know, 
getting the centers closed, getting everybody equipped to work from home in terms of having the call center, getting the call center established so we could route those calls to people. And so they weren't just getting no answer if they happened to call the office or tried to get a hold of the office. But but everybody's holding up pretty well. I think it's helpful that they can go out to eat now. <laughs> Things like that. So Yeah, great. All right. Okay. So Michelle, this is really important work, helping people get back to work. I would love to hear how you got into this line of work and why you stay. What do you enjoy about it? Well, so you want like the whole story? Like, do you want the whole story? So I I won't give you the whole story. I like the two-minute version. I'll give you the two-minute version of the whole story. So I, my early career was in human resources and I worked for uh, telecom. I worked for Alcatel and I worked for Northern, for, well, now it's Nortel, but not really anymore. So started out as Northern Telecom, but stayed home with the kids after about seven years in the field. And we have four children who were seven years apart and we homeschooled for everybody until they got to high school. And then they all went to, and they all went to Cary high school, except the last one. She, she did public school starting like in the fourth grade. But so when it was time to go back to work, I think I want to call it a happy accident, right? That I ended up where I am. I've always really loved community and served on a lot of boards and commissions, ran for office because I really wanted to see uh, our community, some, some things that I thought could be improved. And through that ended up just ma- having a tremendous network, right? And this is not necessarily a path that I recommend for all women <laughs> or all people trying to get back in the workforce. Running for office is not, uh, it's not an easy thing, but. What office did you run for? So I ran for mayor of Cary. Oh, fantastic. Uh, about, uh, in 2011, so okay. nine years ago. And, but one thing it does is it lets you see every area of the community, right? Like, you become exposed to the work, the great work that people are doing in your community that maybe in your everyday life, you don't always have the opportunity to see or appreciate, right? But in that process of learning about what it would be like to have the job, wanting to do a good job, you end up kind of touching all sorts of different entities, nonprofits and ministries and businesses. And, but my heart, really, my passion has always been to see business and government marry in a way that is the most efficient and effective for individual people so that so that people's lives are made better through that intersection of business and government. And so that was really kind of what was behind that. And then just through a series of different opportunities that I said yes to that weren't quite the right thing, right? They weren't, they weren't exactly what I thought I wanted, but they were exactly what I needed, right? That I didn't even know that I needed. And then was asked to join a previous governor's administration to help originally with the Department of Transportation, which was like, I know I want to be the Department of Commerce. That's where I really want to be, but that wasn't the opportunity, right? But I said yes and learned a lot there, kind of cut my teeth a little bit on the difference between government and private sector, which is a little bit of a baptism of fire. (laughs) 
Government is, of course, you know, a bureaucracy by design and very different from the private sector. And then was had had a couple of different promotions and ended up in this job, which I absolutely love. So my favorite part is the success stories that we get to hear from people. And for me personally, I have a very large team. I have 12 direct reports and then about everybody who runs downchain from that. And just the opportunity to mentor people in in those roles and help them see something in, in them that they didn't know was there. Right. Like I think that people and women especially, but but people tend to underestimate their own ability. And if you can raise the bar a little for them and and let them know you believe that they can reach it, then they will. Right. And so that's really that's probably my favorite part of the job is just certain employees who really kind of started out in frontline positions that you get to grow and develop and you see them succeed. And then you get to see them doing the exact same thing with the employees that report to them. So. um, Well, that's great. So probably all those great qualities that you used as a homeschool teacher, you are helped prepare you for a lot of the work that you're doing now. That's really cool. Yeah, and there's a lot of personalities in in this job because there's a lot of partners. And I think it's been, I think, uh, parenting children at all different ages, right, and stages prepares you well to be patient with people. And, you know, hopefully hopefully I'm that way. Hopefully people think I'm that way, but (laughs) I'm sure, you know, I'm sure I can always use more. Yeah, can't we all? Well, that's great. If you could give one piece of advice to a job seeker right now in a difficult job market, what would that be? What would you tell them? I would say, I would say better times are coming, right? I would say just hang on that I think, and I don't know if you've used this number before, but I was talking to a a woman the other day who's trying to get back to work and she wants to make a pretty substantial sum. I think, you know, the bottom, her bottom range is like 120, 130, you know, and they say it's $10,000. It's a month for every $10,000 you want to make in your job search. Uh So, you know, so if you're, if you're looking for, big money, you're going to have to wait a while for the exact right opportunity. And and that probably is going to be a little, it's probably going to be more like a month and a half right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I hate to say that, but, but if that was kind of in a, in a low unemployment, the, the unemployment rate, like you mentioned before, right, right now it's up over 12 and it was three right before all this started it was no, isn't that was amazing so historically like, low and really the job seekers that we were seeing at that point often had a particular challenge right they may have been dealing with a disability or a criminal record or something that was kind of persistently keeping them finding work because pretty much anybody who wanted work was finding something right and now it's just 
I cannot wait to see the recovery from this. I think it's going to be a really interesting graph. I think it's going to pop back up a lot faster than the 2009 recession, but it's still, we're in the bottom of it right now. So it just doesn't feel good and nobody knows, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm, I'm curious about that graph myself and what that looks like. And on the one hand, you think as soon as we can kind of get back into offices and regular life, demand will pick up and, and this should increase pretty quickly. But then there are industries that are going to change forever. The cruise ship industry, travel in general, Mm -hmm. so many other things. And so it's, you just wonder how that's going to impact the economy as a whole and, and what that will mean for the recovery. Well, and I think you're seeing a lot of companies who, who maybe thought letting people work from home was a risk, right? And now they're seeing that it actually is great. Like it, it's been, I, personally, I love it, but also from a, from a business standpoint and from a productivity standpoint, my team is, uh, much more connected than we were before. I mean, just doing, you know, part of it's trial by fire. We're all working together on this very intense time. But part of it is just the technology connection, right? And and it was kind of interesting. I set a, I, I always set a goal for the year. Uh, maybe it's, hey, up my public speaking gigs in, you know, 2018 or whatever. The goal for this year was to, get my team, and this is in January before any of this started, the goal for this year was to get my team capable on Zoom and to (laughs) get us working more virtually because still in state government, you have a lot of processes that are paper driven. There's still paper going around. And so it was kind of like, I have to be really careful what I asked for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say you probably knocked that goal out of the park. Yeah. So, Congratulations. Uh, so, so we were kind of already working it a little bit and then that gave them the ability to instantly deploy in, in our area, which is about 16 counties uh, in North central North Carolina. So. Wow. Yeah. That's been, amazing. It's been a fun year. I mean, not yeah. fun, but you know, hard, but there are silver linings to all of it. Right. Right. Well, this is really important work. So I very much appreciate you sharing with us all of these resources that are available and how people can access them and some yeah. inspiration. NCWorks, ncworks.gov, edpnc.com. So, and Katie, thank you. I just uh, remember the first time that I ran across your work and how, you know, that whole return to work is so difficult for so many women. And I just, I think, you're, you're doing a pretty important thing to give people places to connect. So I'm, I, I love sending people to you. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you, Michelle. Thank you for sharing all of this great wisdom with us today. It's also wonderful. I think because a lot of these programs obviously now are accessed online. And yep. so it's really nice to have a, a face and a, a voice if you're listening to a podcast to know that there are real people who are doing amazing work and really care deeply about the people of North Carolina and helping them get back to work and people like you, Michelle, making these programs work and making them great for people here. So thank you for doing that. 
And thanks for the opportunity to talk about them. It's uh, one of the best kept secrets in North Carolina. Yeah, I feel like it is. So hopefully we'll blow that secret wide open here and um, and your team will be busier than ever as, yeah. as we are. And I, I would tell your listeners too, if any of them, I'm a very open LinkedIn person. So, and I like to try to help anybody who comes my way. So if they want to hit me up on LinkedIn, feel free to make that request and I'll see I will do anything I can to help anybody find the job of their dreams. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Great to talk to Michelle Muir today. And listeners, now that you know about these amazing resources that are available in North Carolina, and if you're in a different state, they are available in your state too, because as Michelle mentioned, many of these are federally funded programs and available in every state. We're just lucky to have Michelle Muir behind the scenes here for us in North Carolina. And now that you know how to access these great resources and use them to help you get back to work, go do it. I believe in you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Get a Job, Here's How podcast. You can find all the information from this episode in our show notes at www.backtobusinessconference.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please write a review so that we can reach more people. Now that you know how, go do it.